We can all stand for the reading of the word. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. And be not fashioned according to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to uh, repeat a certain part here in this verse. And it's the part that says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can be seated now. Should I have you stand for prayer again? No, just kidding. We'll pray sitting down. Father, we just thank you for this word that we're about to receive. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us, minister to us, speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, enter into this conversation. We ask for wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. What is the greatest asset that God has given you? Greatest asset. Think about that. What is the greatest asset that God has given you? Excuse me. The greatest asset that God has given you is not your heart, it's not your soul, it's not your spirit, some may ask. But you know what it is? Your mind. Your mind. Your mind contains 100 billion neurons. 100 billion neurons. And you know that you can store 800 memories a second. 800 memories a second. And your brain can store 100 trillion thoughts. And the most important thing about your brain is this. That you can communicate with God. Isn't that amazing? The most important thing when it comes to this brain, this mind, is that you can communicate with God. That's how God created us. And and what's amazing is this. That God thinks about us thinks about us on a daily basis, just like you think. He thinks about us. But watch this. He doesn't think about you as a group. He thinks about you as an individual. He's thinking about each and every one of you daily, daily. How often do you think about him that way? Psalm 139, 17 says this. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. The thoughts that God has for us are so massive. It says that they're greater than the sand. That's amazing. Amazing. The title of my message today is this, Life Change, Life Change. But in order to change your life, you need to change the way you think, have to change the way you think. If you don't change the way you think, you're not going to change your life. See, God is more interested in changing your thoughts 
than your circumstances. Thank you. He's more interested in changing your mind than your circumstances. We want God to take away our sadness, our hurt, our pain, our financial issues. Um, We want him to take away the anxiety. We want him to take away all these different things. But change cannot take place in your life without first, without first changing the way you think. Now, there are three reasons why it is so important to manage your mind. Three reasons you have to manage this mind. The first one is this. Your thoughts control your life. Thoughts control your life. No way around it. Your thoughts control your life. Understand this. If you don't think it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. But if you think it, there's a good possibility you're going to do it. Right? A very good possibility. See, this is a good and a bad thing. Like I said, because if it's a good thought, you're going to do good things. If it's a bad thought, you're going to do bad things. See, your mind collects so much junk as you're going through the day. You know, as you're driving, as you're hearing something on TV, as you're looking at Facebook, as you are looking at Twitter or Instagram or whatever you're doing at work or you're hearing this person, you know, say this or say that, your mind is collecting this information. And what we need to be able to do is manage it, organize that. We have to organize what comes in and what goes out. Proverbs chapter 4 Verse 23 says this, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life is is shaped by your thoughts. There's this gentleman by the name of William James. He he was uh, the the great, a really, really, um, an intellectual of his time in the 19th century. And... Um, he was a philosopher, psychologist. He was a graduate of Harvard. And he made this statement. The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering the attitudes of their mind. Did you hear that? The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives, alter their lives by altering the attitudes of their mind. This was in the 1800s, he said this. The 1800s. That is amazing. See, do you remember when you were a child and some of you heard that person that would always come to you and say, you're worthless, you don't matter, you'll never amount to anything? You ever heard that? Some of you didn't. Some of you had great childhoods. But there are some that have that. Or or, or you hear... You're, the kids in school saying you're ugly or you're, you're uncoordinated or you can't do this, you can't do that. And you ask yourself, were, were they right? Were they right? See, if you ex- accepted that fact, either right or wrong, what was occurring there, what happened there is that you were shaped. You begin to shape yourself. 
He began to shape the way you are today. It started back then. That began to shape you. Excuse me. See, the impact of what you portray or say to your children will impact the way you think and their destiny. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, it's like my daughters. You know, my, whatever I taught my daughters at a young age, it molded them into the women they are today. It really developed them into the women they are today. Witnessing a parent, witnessing a parent in a state of anxiety can be more than just a, 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 a moment uh, that's unsettling for a kid. See, kids look to their parents for information and, and how to interpret different thoughts and different situations. See, if a parent seems uh, anxious about something and they're doing this in front of their child, guess what's going to happen? Right? Their child is going to be affected by it. You know, if, if, the mother, if the mother sees a bug and freaks out, right, what is the kid going to do? They're going to grow up like fearing bugs. It's just going to happen, right? It's going to happen. <clears throat> what you portray, what you bring across is going to affect your child. <clears throat> you know, when your past experiences and emotions shape your thoughts incorrectly, the enemy tries to use that in order to influence your mind. So you can make wrong decisions. See, keeping always, always, keeping your mind always managed is very, very important. Always. See, your thoughts control your life. Keep that. Your thoughts control your life. Number two, your mind is a battleground for sin. All temptation develops in the mind. We think that temptation is something that is out there somewhere far away. And it comes in. Let me ask you this. this, this. I'll ask this to the guys. Ladies, don't answer because you know the answer. <clears throat> guys, how many of you have gone out to New York City? <clears throat> Raise your hand. <laughs> guys are like, I haven't been to New York City. Raise your hand. How many of you have been to New York City? Okay. How many of you have taken the West Side Highway? Right? You know where I'm going with this. You're taking the West Side Highway. How many of you going down the West Side Highway, hit 50th Street, you're at the pier where the boats come in, the Intrepid, the submarine, right? That's cool, right? Well, I only see three hands now. Right? See? see? Right, right? Come on, guys. Raise your hand. How many of you been there? Come on. Come on. There you go. All right. Now, as you're driving down, right, what's on the left-hand side? Why are you laughing? Some of the guys are like, I, I don't know. There's a bus stop. What's on the left-hand side? Starts with a big H. Hustlers Club. Right? The ladies are looking at him like. Now watch. When they go down to the city, they're going to be like this. And their wife's going to be, right? The Hustlers Club. And you know what that is. It ain't a bookstore. All right? It ain't a church. All right? It's what they call a gentleman's club. I don't know what gentleman going there, but it ain't a gentleman's club. 
See, what ends up happening is it's there. It's in front of your face. See, so when we talk about sin, is there's an issue of lust, envy, resentment, pride, bitterness, hatred, anger, worry. Where are these things? In your mind. In your mind. See, when we learn how to manage our mind, we'll learn how to manage our lives. See, this is where the battleground is located. The Apostle Paul tried to explain this. He was trying to explain this in Romans chapter 7. And this is what he says. He was trying to explain how all of us have felt in this battle that that pulled us in different directions. He said this, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There are three words in this in this in this in this verse that I want you to look at. The three words are war, mind and captivity. See, what he's saying there is a battle in your mind. Do you sometimes feel like like you're mentally exhausted? You ever get that? You're just mentally exhausted. It's because there's a battle going on in your mind. It is tough. Tough. It's a huge battle. Sometimes, see, you're, you're conscious of the battle, and sometimes you're not conscious of the battle. See, the reason, you know, this exhaustion comes is because it's intense. This is an intense battle. And the reason that is so intense is because your brain, your mind, is your greatest asset. And who wants that asset? Satan. He wants it. He wants that mind. He wants that mind. See, number three, Satan wants to control your mind. What do marketing companies do today? This is what they do. They want your attention. They want your attention. They want your total, absolute attention. See, they understand if they got your attention, they have your mind. And if they have your mind, they have your action. And if they have your action, they have your what? Your money. Money, money, money. Right? They have your money. You know what that is, right? That's the one you keep in your pocket when they pass the bucket. All right. I ain't going to go there. I'm preaching about that. Okay. They want your money. That's what they want. So I need to control my mind because my mind is a battlefield for sin and temptation. Sin and... See, Satan has caused our current culture to stop thinking. How has he done that? He put things in front of their faces. They're called cell phones. iPads. Right? And whatever other stuff that's coming out in the next two to three years. You'll be surprised. Holograms. It's insane the amount of stuff. Why? He stopped you from thinking. Why? Because you have a creative mind. Why do you have a creative mind? Because your creator has a creative mind. And he wants to stop you. Because you were created in his image. Totally in his image. See, so Satan knows that if he got your mind, he has distracted you from your creator. What has Satan always wanted? Attention. That's all he wanted. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention gets you. This is why I need to manage my mind because my mind is the battleground for sin and temptation. 
How many of you have turned around and said, God, in prayer, God, give me peace. I need peace and happiness. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Every, you guys that don't pray for peace and happiness, I definitely need to speak to you after service. We all pray for peace and happiness. All of us, right? All of us. All of us do. Now, watch this. I'm going to give you the secret to peace and happiness. You will never, ever have an issue with peace and happiness if you do exactly what I tell you to do. 100% serious. Manage your mind. Manage your mind. Manage your mind. See, managing your mind, the key to peace and the key to happiness. An unmanaged mind leads to tension. A managed mind leads to tranquility. An unmanaged mind leads to pressure. A managed mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict and chaos. A managed mind leads to confidence. An unmanaged mind leads to stress. What happens is that we end up allowing our minds to go off in whatever direction it wants to, causing stress. See, what we're doing is we're literally all over the place. All over the place. Causing enormous, enormous amount of stress in our life. But a managed mind leads to strength, security, and serenity. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, 8 verse 6, excuse me, says this. For the mind of the flesh is death and the mind of the spirit life and peace. The opposite of life is death. And if you are focusing on that, you're really not living. See, there are three choices that you need to practice on a daily basis that will help you control your thoughts and have a healthy mind. You can control your thoughts and you can be victorious in this. I know I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I can't control my thoughts. My thoughts are all over the place. I just, the devil has my thoughts. He is controlling my mind. I cannot do anything because he is controlling every thought that comes in my mind. That's the biggest lie of the devil that you can ever accept. Ever. Satan cannot control your thoughts. But I'm going to mess with your theology a little bit. God cannot control your thoughts. God can't do it. Can't do it cannot control your thoughts god cannot control these thoughts of of depression uh fearful thoughts anger lustful thought he just can't and you say well wait a minute pastor what, what are you talking about what are you talking about see you know we, we, we say god change my thoughts please change my thoughts get rid of them. you know what god says they're not my thoughts they're your thoughts take them captive you can do it you can control it you're driving a car second corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says this for the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh but mighty before god to the casting down of strongholds verse 5 casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted against the knowledge of god and bringing every thought into what captivity into what this is what i hear from my being into captivity into what? There you go. Come on. Like Pastor Brandon says. Come on, somebody. That's right. 
All right. Captivity to the obedience of Christ. In order to make this life change, you must make some choices. You have to. And there are three choices for a healthy mind. I have to have a free mind. I have to feed my mind. I have to focus my mind. Have to do it. Have to do it. There's no way around it. You have to focus that mind. See, if I want to have a healthy mind, I have to feed it. But what am I feeding it with? Truth. A few months ago, um, my wife and I, my wife came to me and she said, Honey, um, we have uh, uh, our medical plan covers a nutritionist and there's one in Brookfield. So I said, Okay, cool. What are you saying? And she says, no, if you want to go to the nutritionist. I said, I can take a hint. So I went to the nutritionist. Great guy right up to here in Brookfield. Really nice guy. Um, and I said, okay, let's go. So I went and to the nutritionist. And, um, and it was good. He did a few tests. He set up my daily nutrition, my food. Counts carbs, leans, fat, does all that stuff. Um, and um, so far, I've been sticking with the plan and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The bad stuff's no longer an issue for me, you know, because food really wasn't a big issue for me. Um, I, um, I eat well, and, you know, and, and I understand, you know, certain things that I get to do. I have to put good fuel in this body. Just have to, right? See, if you're driving a Lamborghini, you're not going to go and put, you know, regular gas in it, Right? Right? If, you know, you, you have to take care of that vehicle. So what is God giving you? That body that God is giving you is a blessing. Take care of it. You have to take care of it. So, you know, you have to be able to do this. You know, I, I must feed my body not with junk, but with truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what he says. The truth will set you free free where do we get the truth from the word of god we get it from the word of god matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says jesus answered the scripture no one can live only on food people need every word that god has spoken when should i feed my mind truth all the time see my nutritionist said i have to eat seven times a day seven times a day is a lot of food right See, but the thing is this. Many of you will turn around and go, seven times a day. Glory to God. No, seven times a day, small portions, guys. All right? Seven times a day. Small portions. And I said, okay, I could do it. So I've been sticking with it, which has been good. But the same thing works with the truth. We need to be daily taking small bites that are going to cause change in my mind consistently small bites of the word of god the entire day psalm 119 verse 147 says this even before sunrise i pray for your help and i put my hope in what you have said even before see there are seven thousand promises in the word of god seven thousand if you're committed to have your mind renewed become a promised person become a promised person See, if you're feeling hopeless about a situation, you're not spending time in God's word. It's just not happening. One of the things the psalmist says, I start my day with hope. See, many times in the morning, what do you do when you get up in the morning? What do you do? You, you, you reach over. 
You grab your cell phone. And the first thing you look at is Facebook. Or Twitter. Oh, I'm going to look at Twitter. I want to see what Jennifer Lopez said last night at 2 in the morning. What? Yeah, honey, it's information. It's the latest. I want to see what the Kardashians are wearing. I don't know if they're still the newest thing. I don't know. I don't even know how Instagram works. I don't. I don't even have that. I just don't. Right? But the first thing you should do in the morning is what? Reach over, grab your Bible, put it next to you, and say, Great is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it and get into your word. Why? Because you think that the devil sleeps and his demons? No. They're waiting for you to wake up because they're going to do this. Boom, bombard you. So what do you need to do? You need to be ready. You need to be ready. See, the, these uh, social media, um, for you old timers that go get the newspaper still, you know, read the newspaper. I like to read. I like to have paper in my hand. I like to read. So the, the newspaper, um, you, it's, I'm not saying not to read it. You can do it afterwards, but read the word of God first. See, you begin your day by filling it with toxins rather than hope and promise from God's word. Psalm 119 verse 148 says this, I lie awake at night thinking of your promises. He starts his day with God's word. That's what he did. He started his day with God's word and ended his day with God's word, David. See, he made sure that his beginning and his end is with God, with his word. But he also said, I deeply love your law and I think about it all day. See, David was pouring pouring into himself the word of God see he poured into that even when Saul was chasing him remember that part remember when Saul was chasing him to kill him he was pouring he says I am poor I am really folk you think that I if I was David and there's some dude chasing to kill me let me tell you something I'd be probably trying to turn it around to go after him I'm just being real. Because many people think that, you know, we as pastors, we come up here and we walk on clouds. We don't, I don't walk on a cloud. You know? I just don't. It's just real. Somebody's chasing me. He comes with a stick. I go with a bat. No, just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. I don't do that. I pray. I pray. I set him free. You know? I really do. Then I pray for him. Um... See, David didn't care what was on, going on. He kept his mind on God's truth. That's called managing your mind. I have to have a free mind from destructive thoughts. About six months ago, I, I've been struggling with something. I'm just going to be very transparent. Um, it was about six, six to eight months ago, the Lord had, had worked in my life in an area. Um, as many of you know, I was a police officer for 22 years in the city of Yonkers, and uh, many of you go, Yonkers, oh, my gosh, how could you work there? I had a good gig. I really, really did. I rode a motorcycle. Isn't that good? You ride a motorcycle for a living? Wow. And get paid for it, too. <laughs> Praise God. Um, but what ended up happening, I would get up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning with anxiety. And I was trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening, what's happening. And what it was that, you know, you got 20 years of seeing death, destruction, messes, and it, it's going to come out one way or the other. And I began to pray, and, and, and the Lord said to me, he said, okay, stop. I said, what? He said, stop. He goes, 
take control of your mind. I said, what? Take control of your mind. See, the Holy Spirit began to teach me how to control my thoughts and how to control my mind and how to take authority over these thoughts. Many of you that are struggling with anxiety, let me tell you the trick, okay? Take control of your thoughts. It's very simple. I don't allow things to come in. And when they come in, guess what I do? I take all that thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And I push it to the side. And I start focusing on something else. I start focusing on something else. I focus on God's word. If it comes, I push it back out. I push it back out. I don't respond to it. Don't respond to it. We don't respond to it. My mind needed to be released because I was a prisoner of my own thoughts. It just bound, kept me bound. But God set me free. Totally set me free from the destructive thoughts. You have three enemies that you're going to try to stop from being free. That are going to try to stop you from being free. Many of us have good intentions on changing things in our lives. And, you know, we start good things. And, you know, we, we, we really do. You know, you start eating these massive pieces of red devil cake when you're not supposed to. Right? Ever happened to you? You know, I was telling the story earlier. I, 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 I go to, and I hope my mother's not watching this, but... I go to my mother's house. I, my mother goes, you going to come and visit? Yeah, mom, I'm going to go see you. But mom, I know how you cook. Don't, don't, don't cook all this food. I, I'm going to, I'm on a diet. I want one piece of chicken and I want a little rice and that's it. That's all I want. No bread. No, no, nothing. It's okay. 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 Don't worry. You come over. Just come. Just come. So I go to her, mom, I'm telling, I'm serious. She goes, mijo, okay. So I go, okay, mom. I told my wife, I go, mom, I said, honey, I told her. She's not, she goes, I know, I, I spoke to her too. And I go, okay. So as I'm walking to the door, I start smelling. Arroz con gandule. For you people that don't speak Spanish, that's rice with uh, chickpeas. No, it's not chickpeas. Is it? Debbie, you're the chef. What is it? Pigeon peas. Okay, está bien. Eso mismo. Okay. And then, as I get a little closer, penil. For you people that don't understand, it's pork. Then... As I'm about to touch the door, I hear platanos. Platano. You can hear the grease. It's like it's like a spiritual experience. As I touch the door, I open the door. And then, el pollo guisado. That's chicken for you guys that don't understand. In the oven. But with adobo. <laughs> Spanish people do not cook without adobo. If you go to a house and they say they're giving you Spanish food and there isn't adobo, they're not Spanish. <laughs> so... I open the door and I, 
Ay, ma. Ay, mi hijo. Ay, go, bendición. Yo, Dios te bendiga. Ven acá. And you walk in. And you think it is the dinner table in heaven. <laughs> She has everything spread out. And I say, ma, how many people are coming? Ay, mi hijo. It's a party. That's for you. And then my, I go, Ma, I'm on a diet. I told you one piece of chicken. She goes, Pero mijo, tú estás flaco. You're skinny. And I go, I'm not skinny. And then my wife walks in behind me. He goes, And this. She hasn't eaten in two days. Esa niña que corta flaca. Dios mío. She's skinny. I go, God, please. So I go, Ma, I'm going to have just a little bit. A little bit. She goes, mijo, come. Yo te si she goes, I'll serve you. Yo te sirvo. So I go, Mom, no, 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 yo te sirvo. So she takes and she pulls out the, the calderon, which is the big pot, and she puts it right in front of me. So I go, what is that? She goes, mijo, pa' que coma. Okay, so if there's over, if there's just, you can take it home. And she goes, but don't forget, el pegadito. That's the bottom part for you people that don't understand. If you eat rice and you're Puerto Rican and you don't have the pegao, which is the bottom part, the hard part, the part that's burnt, that's called el pegao. Gloria a Dios. See? If you don't have that, you ain't Puerto Rican. So, so I have a little bit, but then the Pierre resistance comes. She goes, Te tengo lo tuyo. I have what you like. And I go, what? She goes, flan. And I'm going, Ay, santo, santo. You know where flan came from, right? Moses. Moses, you know when they said the manna that came from, you know Pastor Frank says it's Italian bread? Yeah, Italian bread, Italian bread. Yeah, Italian bread. That was flung. It came down from heaven because it's spoiled. You leave flung out. You can't, you gotta eat it. Right? El flung. Glory to God. Ah. And that's what you do in a Puerto Rican home. That was my temptation. That was my temptation. And I fell. I really did. And I fell hard. But that was my old nature. I don't do that anymore. I stopped visiting my mother. She calls me up. And I tell Ross, hang up the phone. Don't pick it up. Shh. Quiet. She think nobody in the house. But your old nature, the Apostle Paul speaks how he battles with his old nature. Romans chapter 7 verse 23 says this, but in every part, man, I'm killing my time, but, but in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my mind and it makes me a prisoner of sin that controls everything I do. I think his best way of understanding this is that, do you find yourself doing things you really don't want to do that is the battle? 
I didn't want to go to her house, but I went. You're fighting that battle. Have you ever found yourself taking part in self-defeating behavior? And, you know, you're watching things you shouldn't watch. You're saying things you shouldn't say. You're allowing things to come in. I want you to write this down, guys. Old nature is not yet your friend. Excuse me. Old nature is not your friend. It is the source of your bad habits. Old nature is not your friend. It is the source of your bad habits. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says this. People who are ruled by their desires think only of themselves. Everyone who is ruled by the Holy Spirit thinks about spiritual things. Thinks about spiritual things. See, when the devil drops a thought in your head, it's called a temptation. When God drops a thought, we call it inspiration. Temptation, inspiration. Temptation, inspiration. The Holy Spirit and the enemy are placing thoughts in your mind. And when we, we, we then listen to the negative rather than the Holy Spirit, that's what gets us in trouble. That's what gets us in trouble. Forgiveness is a major issue in our lives. See, I will forgive anyone. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians 10, 10, 2, 10 says, I will forgive anyone you forgive. Yes, for your sake and with Christ as my witness, I have forgiven whatever you needed, whatever needed to be forgiven. I have done this to keep Satan from getting the better of us. We all know what goes on in his mind. See, in this verse, what he was doing was this. Um, he, he had to keep Satan from getting the better of him. So what did he end up doing? He forgave. Right? Many of you are holding grudges. Many of you are holding issues in your heart that you need to let go. And it pops in your mind. This statement of, you know, forgive and forget doesn't exist. It's nonsense. You forgive. You're going to remember. But guess what? You forgive, then you ask God to deal with the bitterness. Forgive on a daily basis. God, I forgive them in the same manner that you have forgiven me. What is it? The ultimate hypocrisy in a believer is, not, is accepting the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and not forgiving your brother. And you have to keep that in mind. Remember, the enemy wants to get into your emotions. He wants to hurt. He wants, you know, he gets to your emotions and he hurts you. Then he gets you bitter. Then he goes uh, and, and he has you. And then he holds that area that's in your life. See, you have to keep in mind that Satan has traps that he wants to keep you in. See, number one is what? Which is, the number one is this, the old nature. The old nature. Number two is Satan himself, our enemy. So our first enemy is the old nature. Second enemy is Satan. And then our third enemy is the world's value. The world has just gone off the charts lately. What's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. And if you're walking backwards, you're right. But if you're walking forward, you're wrong. That's what has happened in our culture, you know. And what ends up happening is they want you to focus on three things. They want you to focus on passion, possessions, and position, which is what? Sex, salary, and status. That's what they want you to focus on. We live in this world, but we do not act like it's people. 
or fight our battles with the weapons of this world. Instead, we use God's power that can destroy fortresses. We destroy arguments and every bit of pride that keeps anyone from knowing God. We capture people's thoughts and make them obey Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. So we have to keep that in mind. That what are the fortresses? We put these things in our mind and we lock them up and then we tell other people, just stay away from it. That's my thought. That's my thought. That's my thought. Break it. Destroy it. That's not your thought. Filter it through the word of God. Is that what God wants you to think? No. Seven thousand promises in the word of god seven thousand the enemy is a liar he wants you to think that you're worthless he wants you to think that that you're 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 just not happy that you're a mess he's a liar see anything that i believe that is a lie is a stronghold remember that anything that i believe is a lie is a stronghold that is always always true i'm just moving a little quickly because of time but the other phrase that we need to look at here okay when it comes to the word of god there's a couple but let me let me just go to 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 this in a second um when we believe the only thing that is going to make me happy is having enough money to pay my bills have enough fun having enough sexual partners all that's a lie even a person's attitude you have to bring it to check. You know, the big one is, like I said before, forgiveness. That's huge. Huge. See, if you're committed to mental health, you need to demolish the strongholds in order to make a life change. Your thoughts have to change in order to make a life change. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says this, Though we walk in the flesh... We're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Every thought. See, the first thing I want you to see is this. We take captive. This means to capture, grab hold of, force, make it obedient. The other phrase is to obey Christ or make it, make the things obedient. Very, you, you have to make them submissive. You know, just like with a dog. You have to check the dog, right? Because if not, you're going to have issues down the road. How do you make your mind your own? How do you make your mind your own? You take it captive, make it obedient, and make it obey. How many of you can see your thoughts often disobey you? Me, right? I, I'm, I'm the first one, man. But we have to take those thoughts captive. When we pray so we don't drift off, when we do things we shouldn't be doing, taking those thoughts captive. See, the Apostle Paul says, take it captive, make it obedient. What he's saying to us is that we have a choice. See, we have a choice. I need to feed my mind on truth. I need to free my mind from those destructive thoughts. I have to choose not to think them by changing the way I think. I need to focus my mind on the right thing 
Because when I focus on the right thing, I don't have time or space to focus on the bad things. See, in order to make a life change, you first need to make sure that your godly thoughts control your life. Realize that a war is raging in your mind, guys. Continuously. Continuously. Manage your mind and allow the truth to dwell in your mind. Remove the strongholds that you have formed in your mind from past issues and unforgiveness. Let it go forgive and go forward with God. Your mind has to listen to you. Has to. I want you to repeat this with me. My mind will listen to me. Say it again. My mind will listen to me. I want to give you a powerful revelation right now. Powerful. Do you know why some of you have not reached your potential? It's because you have not yet learned how to fight the battle of your mind. Haven't done it. That's been the struggle. And that's what you need to do. And I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this quote from this amazing theologian from the Matrix, Morpheus. I'm trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. I'm trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. That's what God is saying to you today. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue allowing your mind to tell you what to do? Are you going to tell your mind what to do? Let's all stand.